welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tips to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. Well, today I'm so happy to share with you author Jacqueline Shortell McSweeney. Jacqueline writes only when inspired or when her muse Noreen stands over her with a metaphorical rolling pin. At other times, she has worked as a producer for Women Make Movies, where Why Women Stay was produced and directed, a video artist at Henry St. Settlement, first union woman grip on the East Coast, and then as a lawyer in hopes she could sue some of those responsible for her Me Too moments while she was in the union. Finally, as an attorney for Women's Venture Fund, she worked with women entrepreneurs to help build their businesses. Now retired to her writing desk, Jacqueline has been published in eight anthologies, the latest being Beat Generation. Her detective story, Dr. Altman and the Concubines, is recently published in bookstores. And now, the muse wants to see her continue with her thriller, The Playgirl Murders, and her poetry. But most importantly, she is to spend precious time with her loving family. And this intriguing intro makes me want to know more. How about you? So welcome to the network, Jacqueline. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. I appreciate your time. And before we talk about your book, I need to know, tell us about your muse, Noreen. Noreen is a woman who uh, is selfless as far as I'm concerned. Uh, She arranges poetry readings and she conducts writing workshops for women. I met her uh, many years ago at the National Organization for Women Meetings, and then then uh, I just went to a writing group at the Patchogue Library and reconnected with her, and uh, she's been a tremendous influence on me, as well as my husband, who has always encouraged me to write. And uh, when I retired, I finally got to that part of me and have enjoyed it. It's uh, Writing is a wonderful exercise, and... Uh, just, just you can have a lot of fun with it, which I did. So the muse has been uh, central in my life towards getting things published, and uh, William as well has been a great encouragement to me. Oh, I love that you have that. At first when I read this, I thought maybe Noreen was an imaginary muse, um, but I'm glad to know that she is a real person, that you could actually oh, yeah. have conversations with. name, by the way, is Noreen Ford. McDonald's, but it was too long to put in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, credit. I know she knows who she is. <laughs> credit and kudos to her and especially to your husband. It's always wonderful to have a partner who supports what you do and it just makes life a whole lot easier that way. Oh, sure. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Yeah. L- let's talk about your book, Dr. Altman and the Concubines, a feminist mystery. Give us a peek. Well, it's uh, basically about a private detective who, for her first case, gets embroiled in a uh, in a uh, situation in which he goes to a an institute for therapy uh, in order to find out who is blackmailing her client. The client has received a, a note 
asking for $50,000 because she has been involved in making a pornographic tape with her married boss. And uh, Sig's response is, well, you're a New York City women, woman, and uh, this happens all the time. Why don't you let him deal with it? And this woman has such trust in her married lover that she refuses to consider the possibility that he is involved in the blackmail. The decision is made that Sig will go undercover in the Institute as she is accomplished in video and audio with the idea of trying to find out if there's someone in the Institute who is the blackmailer. And that's what brings her into the situation where, uh, you know, she's observing people in therapy and then um, she's asked to uh, go to the office of Dr. Altman and he is himself uh, a, uh, uh, a predator. And uh, she picks that up right away and decides that she will continue to investigate him in order to prove to Jennifer Palmer, her client, that he is involved. Well, he's murdered and violently murdered. And from there, the police come into the Institute and uh, are investigating the murder. And Sig has to uh, decide whether to disclose her, her actual role in the Institute as a detective. But she wants to... She wants to uh, talk to her client first, and unfortunately her client has disappeared and gone to uh, Martinique, where she is. It's a question of how she falls down the mountain, but I'll leave that up mm-hmm. later. Uh, the, the long and short of it is Sig has to decide you know, whether she's responsible legally to her client or legally to disclose her her real purpose. Eventually she does because uh, Jennifer just is off the radar at that point. So, you know, the the, uh, the mystery is who, who is the blackmailer uh, and who's the murderer. And uh, so that's the, that's the uh, basic plot of the story. And uh, it takes you through Soho at an interesting time. And Manhattan at an interesting time. It was a time and a place that was, you know, just open to artists in Soho. And uh, she takes you there, and it's, she's part of the old neighborhood, but the neighborhood is now full of filmmakers and poets and sculptors and you name it. If they were in the arts, they were down in Soho in those years. And so that, you know, gives us a context of a place and a time that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me see, what else can I say about it? Uh, it's a story about trying to find out who the murderer is. Right. right. And, uh, part of the reason she continues her investigations, even after the police have told her to get out of it, is because she... Uh, she feels a responsibility to her client, and that brings her to continuing her investigation and towards uh, towards uh, 
unlikely, unlikely uh, persons and unlikely places. So uh, it, it 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 follows um, the, the you know typical plot twisting towards the end, mm-hmm. and the end I won't disclose mm-hmm. because it's up to the reader to uh, come to their own conclusions about the ending. But right. the basic question which starts out in the first chapter, is ultimately given given a closure at the end. And the question is, do people deserve one another? Mm-hmm. Or it's, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> do, do, do uh, you know, are we responsible or, or, you know, can we turn off our responsibility, both legal and morally? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, I'm giving you a hint towards the end, but it is a surprising ending. So oh, uh, Wow. That's a fascinating question, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. It we, is. We're looking at it, aren't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. We are looking at it, aren't we? Yes. Jacqueline, were you in Soho during these times? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was, I was in Soho for 30 years. Okay. Actually. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you, that was not something you could possibly research. It was something you had to have experienced and felt and been a part of you in order for you to even soak in just a bit oh, of yes. it. Yes. And it was, it was a wonderful time. As I said, full of artists, mm-hmm. full of Portuguese and Italians. Who, so cool. Uh, originally settled down in Soho. Mm-hmm. It's uh, off uh, off the Lower East Side, which is typically where immigrants came in. Right. But the Portuguese and Italians established themselves over in the West Village. Yep, just fascinating. Home to SIG. And then, of course, artists came in. The uh, old factories that had been down there were empty because a lot of uh, jobs went overseas. So the sewing factories right. went overseas, mm-hmm. and uh, so you had these enormous uh, empty spaces, and the artists came in and they built lofts and did their work and inspired one another and would meet up at the only food place. Well, there were two food places. There was Sinelli's, which is still in existence, mm-hmm. and then there was a wonderful place called Food <laughs> that served up a thick soup and a thick thicker piece of bread with butter oh. and that that was enough to keep the artists going oh my gosh and that that's pretty much what they did wow so it was an exciting time it was nothing to you know run into uh film stars and uh filmmakers and mm-hmm. and sculptors and painters it, it was a, a a very very good time to be there mm-hmm. very rich rich place in talent Mm -hmm. you know what i was i'm kind of laughing because the name of that restaurant is was called food that kind of reminds me of the names of some of the businesses in your book i mean it just says what it is due diligence detective agency um center for rational therapy that's awesome and then the (laughs) the horizontal film i mean it's just that's just i love all of that oh good (laughs) yay yay it was fun Center for Rational Therapy. I would love to go to a place that <laughs> dared call themselves that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually think therapy is a really good thing for people. Oh my but, God. but it, it, it uh, as a friend of mine said, it's always open. It, 
Psychologists are always open for uh, comedy because uh, just essentially the American character doesn't accept uh, the idea that people need help. They're supposed to be, you know, self self help and uh, able to win the world that way. And mm-hmm. no, of course, that's not the truth. The right. truth is. A lot of people can use therapy, especially today. Oh my gosh! No, exa- exactly, and sadly, oh, yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your characters and the character development. I mean, again, we talked about Soho being rich. Your your plot and the twist and the characters—that's very rich as well. How was it for you to write these characters? They were a compilation of people experience. You know, I've had a varied experience in terms of work. So, you know, you draw upon uh, some qualities and some people you've run into, and uh, you have fun with it, hopefully. And that's what I did. I uh, would combine people that I knew and embellish it with, you know, outrageous (laughs) quality, the person with outrageous quality. And and that's, that's pretty much how it progressed. It, it just flowed for me. I, it, it just, just, you know, just kept going. And uh, in some respects, yes, it's character driven, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it, it was, uh, you know, based upon some knowledge of some people and then just having a lot of fun with sure. the character development. Absolutely. Where did all this come from? Where did this plot come from? Um, just my imagination, um, just the possibility that somebody could be blackmailed, um, and, and that, uh, somebody would, you know, take the bait and, uh, try to, uh, stop it, of course. And, and, uh, it just really flowed from, not, not from experience mm-hmm. at all, but, uh, it just kept going and, and, I, I keep, you know, it's I, in retrospect, I'm, I'm, it's a good question because I'm not quite sure. It just, <laughs> it just came. Okay, interesting. I'm always fascinated as to, especially a, a, a story such as this, a storyline such as this. Like yeah. Where, where does this? I didn't have with? a plot line to begin with. Mm-hmm. I just started writing, and it just came okay. as as I wrote. Different memories came. Different people came. Yep. to life and and uh, it just the the basic plot uh, just just kind of developed itself honestly mm-hmm. what about the cover art how did that come about oh that's interesting um, part of the story it of course takes place in New York in the uh, early 80s and the twin towers were up and uh, Every morning when I woke up, my apartment was on the sixth floor of a building that saw the Twin Towers. So, uh, you know, that was a, a real part of, of uh, life then. People used to go down there and, you know, have lunch on the steps of the World Trade Center. And uh, it, it, it was, again, it was a picture that was there for me every morning as I looked out at it. And then um, the plot goes towards Martinique. So the idea of the palm fronds encroaching upon New York City was the was the concept. And 
Catherine Ryder came up with the idea for the front cover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just uh, just from reading the story, and I, I just thought it was brilliant. Um, so that was her idea, her concept for the cover. Oh. And uh, I think it, you know, hopefully delivers some idea of a of, of plot that's right. going to uh, involve the tropics. Yep. Excellent. Now, what about what you're working on now, your thriller, The Playgirl Murders? And and you write poetry, too, so that's fascinating, oh, yay, the, the yay. two together. Let's talk about both of those. Okay. Um, I'm not the kind of person who works her prose trying to develop poetry. Poetry is a total separate um, endeavor of mine, and I've been published nine times now in a, a variety of, of uh, anthologies. Um, I have a blog, actually. Like, not a blog, what do you call it? It's a, uh, a website. And uh, so all of those books are on the website. And uh, I'm very proud to have been selected by all of those anthologies. Uh, Poetry has always been a very large part of my life. I've read it since I was a kid. And didn't really start writing it until I was probably my early 20s. Um, but, but it's a form of well, writing that, that is uh, demanding. You know, you've really got to work at it because you're not going to write uh, an epic in, in poetry, not, not this girl. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's been part of my life, and I still do write it. And prose... Well, I worked at Women Make Movies, and you know, I had to come up with a, a script of sorts for Why Women Stay, which, by the way, is still sold and still used as a basic core core contribution to law schools. They use it to, uh, you know, to give some idea of the complexity of of the battered woman situation. And it has an interesting take on it because uh, it brings in the, the, society, the societal uh, rebattering of women who have been battered because nobody really accepts the fact that uh, that sometimes you can't deal with it on your own. You need to rely upon other people, the police, social workers, etc., um, to really help a better woman get out of that situation. So it's an, it's interesting in that way. Poetry has mm-hmm. been part of my life. Bad, the uh, film was part of my life, and it, it made me... Uh, it, it, I wrote a screenplay, and then I just decided I would be better off and it would be easier for me to go over to prose. And that's the truth. So uh, it is easier to just write a novel than than to uh, adhere to the strictures of screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Screenwriting its own sure. talents, um, one of which uh, I may or may not have. <laughs> <laughs> but but it did lead me to saying, you know what, it's easier for me to do right. prose. So. To get to the Playgirl murders, which is different, I'm going to take Sig down to Key West to a uh, 
the basic plot is there is a playgirl and she does do away with men and uh, Sig will get involved with her down there. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm I do have to, I've been to Key West five times, but and spent you know long periods of time there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you need to still research sure. things that were there when I was there. It's not totally from memory. I have to go back and refresh my memory right. actually about the location, which I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll see where that one goes. Right. Um, I I'm doing it differently in that I'm trying to have an outline of the plot before I start writing seriously, okay. which is different from Altman because mm-hmm. with Altman it just just came. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't plot it out at all. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it is. It's. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. <laughs> yeah. This. Well. This. This. This works all sides of you actually. So that's kind of. Uh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. All righty. So we have that to look forward to. So anything we missed before we begin to wrap up that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. I just hope people will buy the book mm-hmm. and enjoy it. I think it's a good mystery. Um, it has a moral concept, and uh, which I think any book should have, whether it's mystery or uh, or uh, a straight, you know, prose novel. Um, I think you have to have somebody that is good in it, and and um, that people can people can somehow uh, identify with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say something interesting. I don't know if you've read Patty Highsmith's Mr. Ripley. It's about the Ripley character who's evil, and she's so good at it that I had to put the book down because he was so evil. <laughs> <laughs> it was so real. I didn't even want to know that there was such a character possible, <laughs> which I hope there isn't. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in any event, it's it's interesting. You have to kind of at least attack it at the, at the get go to understand what I'm saying. It's just very hard to read a book where a hero is immoral, right. in my opinion. That kind so, of a person. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you separate yourself from what what right. you like morally think and, and yeah, I get that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, and and yet I'm sure there are people who mm-hmm. probably must think that way. I mm-hmm. I presume. I just don't know. It's hard for me to imagine. But um yeah, yeah I had a lot of fun writing this and uh, it does have a moral lesson. And uh, not one that people will expect is the way I would put it. Right. Well, we'll leave them with that cliffhanger. So why don't you then share your contact information where folks can find out more about you, where they can purchase the book, anywhere you want to take us. Okay. Well, I do have a website. It's uh, Jacqueline Shortell McSweeney. And they can read about Dr. Altman there and the other the other anthologies that I'm in and apparently it has a blog if people write on it I will answer them and let's see what else um, alright so the, the, the website uh, the book is for sale at Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and uh, also Archway Publications and we'll see how it goes uh, I, I have no idea at this point how, how many have sold 
that'll be interesting to find mm-hmm. out. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just going to I've started writing the other novel because uh, I don't want to wait around. It's time to you know start saying goodbye to Dr. Allman in terms of my time. Right, right, and, right. And uh, so that's what's happening. I'm starting to write the other one. Oh, well, I think after folks listen to this conversation today, it's very clear that you are very fascinating and intriguing and that it that it <laughs> blends into your book. So we are talking with Jacqueline Shortell McSweeney. I love your name. Um, and the title of the book is Dr. Altman and the Concubines. And her website is the same as her lovely name, JacquelineShortellMcSweeney.com. You, my friend, are a treasure. I'm so happy we met. Thank you for sharing you today. Well, thank you very much. I've appreciated your time and your good questions. Hopefully people will hear this and buy the book. (laughs) There you go. That's the point. Check her out. Jacqueline Shortell McSweeney. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you. Take care.